Hey guys, welcome to the Simply Be podcast. I'm Ellen and I am so glad you're here. We're in the sixth week of our Lent series. We're reading the Gospel of John together three chapters a week. The first week we talked all about Lent and the last four weeks we read and reflected on John 1 through 3, John 4 through 6, 7 through 9, and 10 through 12. If you missed any of those episodes, go check them out. You know, the fact is sometimes we get behind in our reading, but don't feel bad, don't give up, don't quit. Just catch up when you can or jump in right where we are. This week we're talking about John chapters 13 through 15. We're gonna break it down with three takeaways and then three things to think about at the end. So remember, Jesus has entered Jerusalem on a donkey while the crowd waved palm branches and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. So that's John chapter 12, verse 13. So now we're in chapter 13. So once again, like so many of these chapters, chapters, there are so many things going on. Jesus predicts that a disciple will betray him, which turns out to be Judas. Um, Jesus also predicts that Peter will deny him, which, I mean, Peter is just appalled by the fact that that Jesus would say that. But the thing is, is that both of those predictions we will see come to be a reality very soon in um, the Gospel of John. But there's one story that I'd like to focus on for our first takeaway. Have you heard the story of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples? Well, if you did the reading this week, so far it's the first story that we read at the beginning of chapter 13. Jesus Jesus and his disciples had gathered for the Passover feast. After they had finished eating, Jesus began to do something that was completely unthinkable. He got down on the ground and washed the disciples' feet. The reason this was so unthinkable is because this job, washing of the feet, was usually done by the lowest level servants. So back then it was was done a lot because they walked around on dirt roads and sandals. So their feet got very dirty. So they needed to have their feet washed before sitting and having dinner together. So in another gospel, so Matthew chapter 20, verses 26 through 28. So while this is happening, Jesus said, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So this action, this Jesus getting down and washing the feet of the disciples, this was an act of humility, an act of love. He came not to be served, but to serve others. The washing of the disciples' feet was an outward example of that. Jesus tells his disciples in verse 14, Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash others' feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So what's that example, right? So that's, you know, we know that that ultimately we, in our relationship with Jesus, we want to grow closer to him and we want to become more like him. So this is a great example of, he is literally saying, I have done this. I have served you. I have washed your feet. I am God, um, but I don't sit in a position where I expect to be served. But my job, 
my goal here on earth is to serve you, to be an example. So now you should go and do what I have done for you. Um, You know, Jesus, this act of washing the feet, this act was really something that anyone could do, but nobody wanted to do. So he served as an example that we're meant to follow. And it's that we put the needs of others over our own, right? We're supposed to lift others up above ourselves. In verse 16, Jesus goes on to further explain the significance of his act, acknowledging that, yes, he is Lord. He is son of God, leader, and he holds this position of authority. So if he, in that position, serves, then so should we. And he says that so should the disciples. If he, the son of God, is there to serve others, we should put ourselves in that same position and we should serve. And there's something to think about here. I really want you to think about leaders in your life. So leaders in your life could be teachers, coaches, small group leaders, and your parents. Um, What type of leadership do they exemplify? Do they take their role and hold it over you, dictate, bark orders, or do they use it to serve? support, listen, and encourage, you know, and then the next question is, what type of leader do you want to be? You know, so we can look at leadership examples in our lives um, and ultimately the leadership example of Jesus, that servant leader. He did not come to be served, but to serve others. So we can look at that, what we've experienced, you know, we've probably experienced really great examples of leadership and then really poor examples of leadership. And then once we think about that, we can also ask ourselves, what type of leader do we want to be? What type of leader do you want to be? Okay, so our second takeaway. So now we're in chapter 14. Again, it's also, it's full of amazing um, insight. And we get this insight directly from Jesus. He talks about preparing a place for us in heaven. It says, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus says in verse 6. We could spend an entire week in that passage alone. But what I want to do is I want to focus in this chapter, and Jesus is mentioning of the Holy Spirit, which is incredibly significant. And we'll hear about the Holy Spirit again later. But I want to just sit here for a second and think about what Jesus talks about in in this section in chapter 14. So the Holy Spirit, does that concept confuse you? It does a lot of people. And oftentimes the Holy Spirit is um, something that isn't really discussed a lot. Um, You've heard the Trinity, or maybe you haven't. So the Trinity is, is God in three persons, right? So we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, right? So God the Father, the Creator, um, the Creator of heaven and earth, right? We meet God right at the beginning of Scripture and all throughout the Old Testament. Um, Jesus, He's a Son of God. He became a man, walked among us, taught us about God and God's love. And, and His ultimate goal was to reconcile us in that relationship with God that was broken in the Garden of Eden. And He died for our sin. That was the role of Jesus um, in the Trinity. And then the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit lives in us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. 
So let's look in the scripture that we've read. So John 14 verses 15 through 17, Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command and I will ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. Then a few verses later in verse 25, Jesus says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, who the father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit, just in these couple verses, has been called counselor, spirit of truth, and has been sent in the name of Jesus. And what he will do is teach, teach us all the things and remind us of everything that Jesus taught while he was walking on this earth, right? And so it's important to know that it says, if you love me, the father will send a counselor, a spirit of truth that will be with you forever. So when you accept Jesus as your Lord and savior, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. The Holy Spirit guides you, counsels you, speaks truth to you um, and is with you, right? So God was there in the beginning, the creator. Jesus came and he walked among us and he died for our sins. He took that punishment on the cross and we have the Holy Spirit with us now, right? So those are the three parts of the Trinity. So something to think about. How have you experienced the Holy Spirit in your life? Maybe you didn't realize it at the time, but as you learn more and more about Jesus and about the Holy Spirit, um, it became more clear and you've been able to see it more clearly. So I think that's just something to reflect on. Um, You know, I know in my own life, the Holy Spirit has guided me, has helped me to understand God's plan for my life and has given me strength in moments where I have felt incredibly weak. Um, And the Holy Spirit has just interceded um, and, 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 stepped in in my life in ways that um, back in the day when I was younger did not realize that that was the Holy Spirit's work in my life. But now as I've grown in my relationship with the Lord, I have read more and more in scripture. I, I see very clearly that the Holy Spirit was protecting me in times when I was making bad choices and the Holy Spirit was guiding me towards back towards a relationship with Jesus. Um, And so I just want you to think about how you have experienced the Holy Spirit in your life. All right, so our third takeaway. So now we are in John 15. And John 15, 1 through 17 is honestly one of my favorite passages of scripture. And in thinking about a key takeaway, it's hard to sum it all up into one. And the best thing to do here, in my opinion, is to read it together. So I'm going to do just that. And I'm going to read it out loud. And then maybe, maybe we'll find a couple key takeaways. Okay, so I'm going to read to you John 15, verses 1 through 17. So just hang with me here, open your Bible, or just just listen. Okay, so in my Bible, the title of this section says, The Vine and the Branches. So starting in verse 1, this is Jesus. I am the vine, or I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit He prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. 
Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and and it will be given to you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater, Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the father will give you whatever you ask for in my name. This is my command. Love each other. Okay. So there's a lot here, um, and we're just going to kind of look at a couple things. So it says uh, several times, remain in me, and I will remain in you. Some translations say abide in me, and I will abide in you. So it's that, you know, you commit, you stay in relationship with the Lord, in your Bible, in prayer, and Jesus will do the same, right? He will show, it's like showing up for each other in relationship. And then it says, You do this and you will bear much fruit. Fruit. What is he talking about? So let's hop over to Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, where Paul talks about fruit of the Spirit. Ever heard of that, fruit of the Spirit? So those are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, so it's saying... If you remain connected to the Lord in in prayer, in reading of the word, in your relationship, um, if you do this, you will bear much fruit. And the fruit is those virtues, those characteristics that make you and help you to grow more and more like Jesus through love. I mean, these are these are things, these are characteristics of Jesus. He's loving, joy, peace. He's patient. He shows kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if you remain faithful, those things, you will grow to become more and more like Jesus, and you will grow in those areas to be more loving, more joyful, full of peace, um, gentle, full of self-control. So that, that's ultimately the goal, those fruits of the Spirit. And then he says, love each other as I have loved you. Love each other, right? So he says this multiple times. And we even see this um, in the chapters leading up to chapter 15. Love each other as I have loved you. So he's not just saying love each other, just like, okay, go do it. Use me as an example. That's what he's saying. Love each other the way I have loved you. And we just read, it is a sacrificial love. It is a love that puts the needs of someone else over 
yourself. That is what that love looks like. So we know how Jesus loves us, right? He sacrificed his life for us. And he said that right there in chapter 15 to his disciples. So what does this mean for us? He's not saying, you know, he talks about how he lays his life down for his friends, right? He's not saying we literally die for each other. What he's showing us and teaching us is that type of love, the way we care for our family, our friends, just humanity, is humbly putting their needs before our own with respect, speaking truth in love, always pointing to God. Well, let's be honest with each other and ourselves. This isn't always an easy thing to do. We naturally want to look out for ourselves, but that's not how it's supposed to be or how we're supposed to act. You know those bracelets that that say that WWJD, what would Jesus do? Let's ask ourselves that, right? Would Jesus gossip about his friends behind their back? Would Jesus ignore someone being treated badly at school and do nothing? Would Jesus make everything about himself? No. As you learn more and more about Jesus, evaluating WWJD gets easier, doesn't it? So that, that, that wearing that bracelet, I know so many of you have one of those. I know my daughters do, and I see the girls at school do. It means something, right? So everything that we're learning here is that our actions and behaviors are supposed to mirror what we've learned from the Lord, which is a servant leadership, one that puts the needs of others before ourselves and connecting, staying in connection with the Lord, remaining in him, abiding in him will help us to become more and more like him, to reflect Jesus in our actions and our behavior. So we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? Nine times out of 10, he would not do what you're about to do, right? Gossip, ignore, make it about yourself. That's not what Jesus would do. So I think that's where we need to spend some time. So our third thing to think about is how can we, how can you love others the way that Jesus loves us? What does that look like in your relationships to love the way that Jesus loves us? And the next thing is, is have you experienced that type of love from someone here on earth, whether that's your parents, your friends, a family member, a mentor, a coach, a teacher, um, you know, we're talking all about the way that we're supposed to love others. And that is absolutely what we're commanded. But we hope that we can see that in our real lives. So that's ultimately what we want to think about is have you experienced that type of love from someone? And then what can that teach us right here, here on earth and to become more and more like the Lord? All right, guys. So we are really getting to the tail end of, um, of this study together. So next week, we're going to look at John 16, 17, and 18. And then we're going to have a special episode to wrap up the chapter on Good Friday. So we will see you back here next week. Thanks, guys.